Welcome back in the Fantasy Stock Exchange today. Tyler and I are going to be grading some of our Discord members' uh, dynasty teams slash middle of their draft screenshots. The same thing applies. So if you want this to happen in the future or you just want to be a part of our Discord, the link is down below, as well as the links to our Twitter uh, website, which will be updated here soon as we get the new hosting platform. I think our draft guide, all of our Twitters, all that stuff. So let's hit the intro and grade these rosters. Where the hell that come from? It doesn't matter. I want all my picks back, and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. Yeah, I am. Haven't I proved that already? All righty, Tyler. So how are you doing before we get into the first roster? Fantastic. Are you kidding me? Uh, I'm, I'm psyched because these Discord members are getting their teams broken down. If you want something like that, again, Lucas mentioned it, go check out our Discord. Link is right down below. Uh, we love your activity. We're going to be answering any questions you have. We're going to be breaking down rosters like this. Opportunities like this will open up occasionally, and you can get your hands on uh, opportunities like that if you just join in the Discord. It's just as simple as clicking a link. You can do it. I believe in you. All righty. So if we know these guys' Twitter handles, we'll try and put them on the screen or down below so you can give them a follow. But on the screen, you will see um, as many screenshots of the roster. So the first roster is from our man Dylan Joy. Uh, we'll – his Twitter will be on the screen. I'm not even going to try and memorize it off the top of my head. But as you can see, uh, the first one on the left is going to be the start of his draft, or you could say the better players of his team. And then the right is going to be the rest of his draft. So right off the rip, it looks like he traded out of his pick, whatever that pick may be. We don't know the details of the trade exactly. But it looks like he acquired another second and a sixth. And then – or sorry, two seconds, a sixth. He does not have a third. So he made a lot of trades. We're not even going to worry about really what he traded yeah. So right out of the gate, he got Russell Wilson, Joe Mixon, uh, Josh Allen, and then it looks like Kenny Galladay as his first four picks. So right off the start, he secures two quarterbacks and what seems pretty good value uh, right around where they go and then gets Joe Mixon, two as an RB1. So in terms of just an overall strategy, do you find yourself getting – in Superflex Dynasty startups, do you find yourself getting two quarterbacks pretty early and then maybe adding a running back, or do you kind of <laughs> play around with it? Yeah, so I'm I'm not I guess I guess this is my second year doing super flexes. Um, I, I have always just been um, a redraft dynasty player that that doesn't run with super flexes. So I really uh, don't have like a set strategy yet. But I'm not someone who likes to grab them early. Uh, I think you miss out on the core talent of guys um, in the running back position and the wide receiver position. Now I do fade the wide receiver position this year pretty heavily. Um, I think you got to go running backs and, and quarterbacks if you're going to go and pick in those early rounds. I'm a big stacker of running backs. I kind of look at his team. Uh, he did that with uh, with two picks. He got uh, Leonard Fournette in the sixth round, which is which is quite enticing. A pretty good pretty good stab for him. Um, he got Joe Mixon, but outside of that, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of focus on on the running back position. That's a little scary. So that's kind of what you risk when you want to take wide receivers maybe a little earlier or. Or go for those two quarterbacks you miss on that that good running back depth. So that's a that's a little nerve wracking for this team. Um, but you know what? You look at it. Uh, I'm I'm pretty good saying you know what he's got two of my top seven quarterbacks. Uh, so good on him. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so obviously you got Joe Mixon and paired him with Fournette in the later round. But as his uh, other starter for now, obviously things may change. So I don't think it's a terrible strategy. Obviously getting Fournette in the sixth round to me is still insane. Like, that's such a good value for a 24-year-old running back that if nothing changes in terms of, like, 
he stays on Jacksonville, still the workhorse. He's a top 10 guy. He proved that last year, and then he got him in the sixth round. And then he's 25 going into free agency next year with experience, with workload, durability that we've seen. Obviously, he got injured in the start of his career, but he was completely fine last year, so I don't mind that at all. And then, yes, right on your point with the receivers as to why you fade receiver, you see his Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, and Robert Woods. I don't want to, like, make um, predictions saying who is top 12, but, like, those are five receivers that are wide receiver twos at, like, their floor. And we've seen the wide receiver one upside week in and week out. We saw Terry do it at the beginning of the year. Robert Woods, the end of the year. Calvin Ridley, every game he plays, he's pretty consistent around the 13 range. And then we see Allen Robinson maybe with a new quarterback. So I really like the way he sort of attacked the way he, he prioritized quarterback and the one running back and then just attacked the receivers. So I think um, not really your strategy, but how do you think – like obviously how do you feel about his strategy, but maybe how do you think this will play out in the future if it gives him leverage or if it might be too confusing to figure out who to start a receiver, stuff like that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I have to commend him. He did attack the receiver position relatively successfully. You get Robert Woods in the eighth round. He's sitting on your bench. I'm plenty okay with that. Um, Ridley, McLaurin, I mean, he went young and is a, a dynasty startup. Um, it's a full PPR. So, I mean, the targets the targets will be there for, for McLaurin and Woods. Uh, Ridley's still, you know, the second fiddle to that, uh, to that receiving offense. But um, as far as collecting up, collecting up guys, I think he did successful – uh, obviously, in your draft, you're going to be seeing different things, um, different trends going on. If, if running backs are sucked up early and you, you kind of feel like, okay, there's some excellent wide receiver depth here. Let me let me attack it. I have my two starting running backs. Sure, work with that. But, again, I kind of just focus on the fact that there is no third running back on this team. Um, third running back, I, I guess by how he drafted, is uh, Zach Moss. But Matt Burita and James White are your, your next options. If one of those two core guys go down, Mixon or Fournette, who have some injury history, um, that's concerning. So, yes, it, it okay, go go with the wide receiver heavy, and, and it looks good on paper. Um, but what happens when someone goes down? The other thing I want to point out, and I'll ask you this question. He goes Zach Ertz at the 7.8. Um, tight end mid-round, I guess. I can't really beat up on it too much. Uh, I'm not a fan of the early tight end at all because you miss out value in those four positions like we talked about. Um, are you okay with him going with the tight end at this position, even with that depth at running back? Yeah, I can, so I kind of play – because you have to make that decision because you can't have if – if you say, we'll just stay that the quarterbacks and receivers are set in stone. You have to pick running back or tight end. Like now, obviously, like this is the pick you have to pick between Zach Ertz or say, I don't know, Sonny Michelle, so he was there. But I think that Ertz is a good – I think people are undervaluing Ertz. I think we do this every single year where we're like, oh, but if Dallas Goddard takes over, if Dallas Goddard takes over, like, but they both play and they're both going to continue to play. So I think it's more like he saw the value in the Ertz pick, a guy that's going to get probably 120 targets, probably 80 catches, good upside that we've seen in the past, but a really safe floor in terms of PPR. So I think he kind of, we don't know exactly who was there at the pick, but weighed the options um, of taking Zach Ertz at the 7-8. Because then we kind of see um, he got – well, Robert Woods, the pick after the round after. And then from there, if you look on the, the right picture, it looks like he didn't even have a ninth-round pick. So he kind of just – there probably wasn't much value from what I can kind of think about when going through the draft board. So maybe he just traded down to accumulate a bunch of uh, – we can see 12 and 13 rounders and 16 rounders, which I think is a viable strategy. 
because really the only thing I think you would replace in his roster would be a running back too. Because if you have your five receivers, you don't really need to worry about that. Like maybe a QB two, which he has Cam Newton. Um, and then he has no other QB two or sorry, QB three as of now, because Cam Newton's on the team. So he definitely has some moves to make, but I think that when it comes to tight ends, I think that I would rather have Ertz in the seventh than Kittle or someone in like the second or third round where he goes. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword as to which side you want to take because we say Dallas Goddard, Ertz Ertz contract, he has an out next year, or maybe he's a free agent next year. I know that he's not not on the roster as of now. And who knows what a 30-year-old tight end can do in free agency. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. But I think he kind of must have saw the value from what I interpret um, from the the second picture on the screen, kind of the way – he might have traded down or something. Um, but to yeah. touch on his running back depth, because you kind of mentioned it. So he has Joe Mixon, so starter. And he kind of has a cycling cast of Fournette, Zach Moss, Matt Breida, James White, um, even Duke Johnson in the 19th round, which is crazy that he's even that low because he's still getting six, seven points a week. So mm-hmm. I think kind of the maybe the way Dylan looked at this was I, I can get my Joe Mixon. I can take my one year with a chance in free agency rental of Leonard Fournette, but in the short term, as in like this year, he can probably cycle out Matt Breida, James White, Zach Moss to not necessarily set him back, but like he would, he wouldn't take that big of a hit for right now, but in the long-term future, he'll need to figure that out. Obviously we don't know. Um, we can't see what picks he has. So maybe he, yeah. if he has a first, he has to go running back next year or something, but he will have moves to make for the future. Uh, I do like his wide receiver depth though, which you can see on the second screen on top of those five guys, he has Preston Williams, John Brown, Rashad Perriman, Paris Campbell, AGG, and I'm sure he has more by now if the draft's still going on or it's over. So I do like the way he built um, sort of his depth in terms of he has future guys, but he also has that short-term window to where he's not completely picking one side. Um, I think I'm kind of we've, – we've given the reason to pick a side, but then you also need to have the middle team kind of here and there. So uh, we can, we can kind of give him a grade-ish here and then we can move on to the yeah. next guy. So what do you, what do you think? uh, Before we bounce to a grade. um, So you see, you did go heavy wide receiver. Uh, Do you find it harder to trade your wide receiver depth than quarterback running back? Um, I think it's harder to trade like a, like, like say he wants to trade. I don't know. We'll just say Robert Woods. So he's trying to trade Robert Woods to maybe acquire a running back. I think it's harder to trade say Robert Woods for Chris Carson. Just like just throwing out a trade. It's harder to go one for one. But I think having the good depth at receiver makes it super easy to package Robert Woods, Leonard Fournette for name name a running back that's better than Leonard Fournette. I don't know. But like I think it's straight up yes. But I think in the if you build your team right, I think it's really good to have wide receiver depth, but you could easily like five receivers could bite him in the butt if no other team needs receivers and he's sitting Robert Woods or Terry McClellan or Calvin Ridley every week. So it kind of depends. Um, but I think it's easier to package than straight up trade like a, a receiver for running back or a receiver for quarterback, um, something like that. Yeah. All right. So your overall grade for kind of how we, how we put this together. Yeah, so I think – I don't – I mean, we're going to give him a letter grade or a number grade. It really doesn't matter in perspective to, like, what we give him. So I think right off the bat, in terms of a dynasty startup, like, it's easily, like, at minimum a B for me just because he has good young and 
I don't want to say old, but proven pieces you're not taking risk on. I think his wide receiver core is amazing, really. Um, I really I'm really high on Ridley, Allen Robinson, Woods, and I guess I'm not like I'm high on Terry, but I'm not ranking Terry super high because we don't really know yet. Um, the running backs are a little concerning, but I think he'll be okay and be able to figure it out uh, and sort of makeshift the RB2 role. I think the biggest sort of downfall on his roster is the QB room. I don't obviously know their bye weeks or anything, but say one of them were going to get hurt. Yes, he could put Robert Woods at a super flex, but like his other backup is Cam Newton. And it's super mm-hmm. hard to come by quarterbacks in super flex um, dynasty leagues, really. Obviously, he could go get like a Jared Stidham or a Brian Hoyer, like just kind of just take a bunch of shots on guys. But the way his team looks like right now, he's not going to have a highish pick next year. And I'm kind of forecasting that the high, the, the top three quarterbacks are going to go in the top five next year of Superflex rookie draft. So I would say, I guess if I had to give him a letter grade, an A minus just because his running back and quarterback depth is yeah. not bad, but it's not elite yet, you could say. Yeah, uh, quick, quick rundown on kind of how I functioned it. So I did a letter grade for each. Kind of just tried to average it real quick in my head. Uh, running back C+. Plus, I know it hurts, but Leonard Fournette's your number two, and there's a huge drop-off after that. So not really huge on that. Wide receivers A+. Plus, phenomenal job putting that together. Uh, can't complain with that depth. However, it hurt other positions. But the overall position's phenomenal. Uh, quarterback B-. Uh, that's You have the two be- – you have – Two in my top eight. I said seven earlier. It's uh, Josh Allen is my quarterback eight uh, for this upcoming year. I have Matt Ryan above him, just up and down Matt Ryan. Anyways, uh, I gave that to B minus mainly because there's no depth there. Uh, tight end, uh, B minus as well. Zach Ertz is a very good two-year option. But that's that's about it, and there's not really phenomenal depth there. So I, I gave it a B uh, average, a 84, 85 position overall. I mean, that's not bad at all. That's a few moves away from climbing into the A tier, correcting those mistakes. That's where I find Dylan Choi's team. Dylan, thank you for submitting your lineup. Absolutely. So the next guy um, is Bailey K. If we find his Twitter, like I said, we'll put it on here. Um, he has two, three pictures, four pictures for us. So we'll try and format mm-hmm. it the best or transfer it, whatever it's going to be. So the main one is obviously the starting roster. Um, I guess it's a super flex, tight end premium, full PPR too. So, Kyler Murray, Keyshawn Vaughn, Sonny Michelle, Robert Woods, Marvin Jones, Zach Ertz, Kareem Hunt, Austin Hooper, Drew Brees. And then, well, I'm not even going to read through the bench and stuff, but you can see it mixed in as well as his future picks. So right off the bat, it looks like he has four 20-21 first, two 21 seconds, and a couple other thirds and fourths. So it looks like he's not necessarily going for the gold this year, you could say. He's not rebuilding in a way because I think his team is still good enough to be average. So he might eventually might just want to throw away some guys to make sure he gets that number one pick, something like that. So right away, Kyler Murray, Drew Brees with a mixture of Tyrod Taylor and Tua and a couple other handcuffs, et cetera, with Taysom Hill. I don't mind that at all. Um, I think that really in the long term, obviously Drew Brees is retiring after this year, but you're rolling with Kyler Murray and Tua, and then you just need to add a third in the future. But I think he can definitely maneuver with Drew Brees and Tyrod and – Taysom Hill, maybe if he's the handcuff to Drew Brees, I don't really know what the hell is going on there. So I like his QB room as of now. And he has 420-21 first. He could easily maneuver that a little bit to get rid to sell the farm and go get another quarterback. Or maybe someone else wants a quarterback. He trades it away to add um, depth at his running back wide receiver tight end. Keyshawn Vaughn, Sonny Michelle, Kareem Hunt. And I think that's it in terms of like his big name running backs. I'm just kind of scrolling through it here. Yeah, so that's a little concerning to me. Um, 
because it's kind of a lot of RB2s to me. Uh, no really true workhorse, which by no means you don't really need. Um, you don't need to have a top five running back to be good a good dynasty team, but he doesn't present much upside at the running back position. Doesn't present much um, really confidence, I guess is the word you could say, in terms of like a contract length, secured starting role for a, not a long time, but at least two years. Vaughn is – what a third round pick, fourth round pick. So really, I mean, like he's and he's still going to be in a timeshare as of now. Michelle's a free agent next year. Who's to say they bring him back? Cream Hunt, no one wanted them, so the Browns got him back on a restricted free agent deal. So kind of concerning there, but with the picks, I think he'll be able to make that up. So uh, right off the bat, is QB and running backs. Um, we don't know the length of when this draft was started a year or two ago, whatever. But what are you thinking in terms of his quarterback and running back room? Yeah, so running back room is geez, <laughs> uh, Sony Michelle and Keyshawn Vaughn are your two starting running backs. That I really don't think I need to dive any more deeper than that. I mean, that that's rough. This is clearly a rebuilding team. Um, he did give a he did give me that notice before. Uh, he said that the whole goal was was kind of rebuild, and he's doing that quite well. He's got an absolute loaded 2021 uh, draft uh, waiting for him. The issue is, is uh, what are you going to do to kind of ensure that you get one of your high picks there? Um, he does still have his 2021 first, so that's that's good for him. That'll end up being a relatively high pick because the starting lineup isn't really sexy. Not really something I'm, like, thrilled to look at. Uh, but I think that was all done on purpose. He was able to keep Kyler Murray and still and still have uh, four first-round picks in, in 2021. So that's, uh, that's quite phenomenal. Um, Robert Woods – Interesting. Marvin Jones a little old. Uh, yeah, get him. He, he says uh, he says he's on the block. Same with Drew Brees. I mean, these are guys who are probably going to trade midway through the season. Um, but, yeah, the running back room is rough. And, and the quarterbacks, again, I like Kyler. I, I like Kyler, and I like that he has two on his team as well. So, clearly, uh, he's probably been in the rebuild mode for at least a little bit, probably in, into last year, uh, as to why he probably has uh, Tua at least that high. Um, he's got Taysom Hill. That's a, that's a very, very shot in the dark chance, but you got all those picks in next year and he's got to address two positions as quarterback and running back. Um, the wide receiver room's a little bit sloppy too. I mean, this is clearly a rebuilding team, so I don't really want to, you know, slander it too hard, but I think I will take a little extra into my criteria when, when judging, giving this team a grade, uh, cause I want to look at the future because the future does look bright for this team. Yeah, I think on top of that, too, I'm going to touch on the wide receivers and kind of sort of forecast what he may be able to do. So he does have Robert Woods and he has Marvin Jones on the block. Those are veterans, obviously, you know. But he also has Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy – or sorry, Deontay Johnson, Darius Slayton, Jerry Judy. He has Steven Sims, Devin DuVernay, Anthony Miller. So he's not really, like, lacking in terms of potential future wide receiver two, wide receiver ones, and Slayton and Judy. But I think the way he could – take this route if he is rebuilding like he claims is kind of hold on to the team as of now let it play out a bit obviously if a trade arises that you like sell the veterans but I think in the middle of the season he definitely has a team where he has players that will be very valuable to people in the playoffs Zach Ertz tight end premium even Kareem Hunt Sonny Michelle he probably like wants to keep Keyshawn Vaughn but Woods and Marvin Jones and PPR even he has Austin Hooper and tight end premium a couple other guys like Justin Jackson, Latavius Murray, um, I mean, even Darius Slayton or something like that, if he thinks he can sell the prices right. Hayden Hurst, I think, is another monstrous year. So I think 
he's definitely in the right spot. Um, this is, I think, the start of a rebuild. I think he could do a lot more, which I think he will. Um, obviously, he pays attention to the dynasty. If he's sending us his roster and what, and cares about what he what our thoughts are, obviously. So I think that he could really take this to the next level by maneuvering the veterans in a way that you're not selling low. So don't like make it obvious. Obviously they might know you're rebuilding, but don't make it obvious you're just selling the farm. Like make sure you're getting value in return because there's a lot of guys that he could sell for first next year. Combo guys for first, combo guys for younger pieces, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't, I like where this team's at. Obviously it's, I think 12 team he said, we don't know. My guess is probably 12 teams and he already has four first next year. I'm doing this in a couple of my leagues where I still have set cornerstone pieces, but I'm just getting first because people are not necessarily throwing them away, but they're just not really caring about it right now. So I think it's he's definitely on the right track. Um, I'll give my grade. Yeah, yeah. Would, take it, take it. I'm going to say B just because the potential is there. Um, obviously, you have to grade as of now. So as of now, his team, it could probably finish like third or fourth, I would say, considering it's a really good floors of players, but nothing too crazy in terms of upside. But I think the, the combination of draft capital with Judy, with Slayton, with Sims and Duvernay on the, on the bench and Hayden Hurst, he can definitely maneuver his way to acquire more picks and make the team into a franchise. Um, Kyler Murray, too, are two great quarterbacks to build upon. You can even keep Woods. It doesn't matter to pick Jerry Judy and Darius Slayton. I think he's in the right direction. So I'm going to say a B. Yeah, um, kind of breaking everything down. Again, same letter grade. This time I'm going to take a, kind of a different approach more looking for the future, how you're set up. I have a, a D grade for the running back. It's just not there. The depth is just not great. Uh, but that is my lowest score for you. Wide receiver, B minus. Um, you got a lot of potential hitters. Uh, I think that's a good position to be in for a rebuild. But not guys that I think are going to be into that wide receiver one range. Um, B plus on the quarterbacks, uh, I think you have – just with Kyler Murray alone, you in, in Tua, you have guys who in a year from now, you're going to be very comfortable having at your two, uh, your two plays. Um, hopefully you move off of Drew Brees and you get yourself maybe another pick or maybe a young piece to see if they pan out. Um, you got to be great on the tight end. Uh, Zach Hurts is there. You got Hayden Hurst too. I think those guys, tight ends are not really a position that dies too quickly. Um, so I, I could see that, that actually lasting you into a couple of years from now as well. And then future A plus. That is all for the from the picks. I mean that you're sitting here with four first round picks. You got two seconds and you got two thirds. I mean I'm with that. I, I'm ready to roll with this team in the future. Um, my overall grade is a C plus seventy nine overall. That is not bad uh, for a team who's clearly rebuilding. I think there's obviously we talked about it, some things you're going to want to do to move, but this feels like a relatively new rebuild. So he's kind of sitting here. Um, maybe there's some pieces he still have to move. Uh, that's what he's going to look at doing. Um, so, yeah, very, very, very solid beginnings of a rebuild, but got some work to do. Absolutely. All right. So the next and the final, um, the final roster we're going to be doing is our boy Cody. I know his Twitter, so it'll be on there. Um, so this is the Go Fade Me Dynasty League. So if you're familiar with the big dogs, our friends, brothers, uh, acquaintances over there this is the if I remember right I don't want to misspell miss miss say it. it was when they went to Nashville there was a lot of lottery a raffle to get into this league very high stakes and I'm not gonna throw Cody under the bus here but he really wanted to be in it and he made that obvious with the way he uh contributed to the big dog strip so without further ado let's break it in here he sent us one two three 
for five pictures. So we'll try and format it, like I said, the best we can. Um, so he says full roster, including taxi squad. And then his future picks are uh, there. And he has two thirds next year. And then his all is 2022 picks. So half PPR, super flex. So to start right off, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Mark Ingram, Todd Gurley, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Emmanuel Sanders, Hollywood Brown, Dallas Goddard, and I'm not going to read off the bench, but you can see them on the screen. So to start it right off, I think his QBs, as much as we don't like these two, I still think they're very safe. Um, obviously, they, in perspective to the situations they're in, there is pretty good upside there. Um, we can see. We'll see if those play out or not. But I think that he's going to be fine in his QB room. His running backs – I'm not going to say they're bad by any means, but they might just be a little concerning in terms of overall depth, I guess you could say, um, or just future depth. So he does have James White on his bench along with Tevin Coleman, and I'm trying to see if there's anyone else. Gus Edwards, Tariq Cohen, Frank Gore, Edo Smith, on top of his Mark Ingram, and Todd Gurley. So as of now, in terms of like this year, he's definitely fine with – just being able to compete right away. Those are going to be both high-end RB2s with RB1 upside. So what are you thinking off the bat with the quarterbacks and maybe his running back room? Yeah, so off the bat, this isn't already built. Um, we kind of go back into where Dylan was, where it was like this team is kind of ready to go, needs some moves uh, to make it that final step. Um, uh, other things, um, I think, yes, it's a little older. Uh, some – Plays on your roster are very risky. Amari Cooper, Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz. That's that's your core top uh, top of the line guys. Uh, all are very very risky plays. So you're kind of hoping that you know maybe some of these guys tone down. Um, Baker matures and actually puts up a productive season. Todd Gurley doesn't get hurt. Amari uh, Cooper consistency question mark. Uh, Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt. I mean th- this is what you're kind of expecting. And then Mark Ingram doesn't lose his job. So this is, this is what you're flirting with right now with your team. It's very dangerous. Um, the risk is nerve-wracking, I would say. But I feel like on paper, it looks pretty good. DJ Moore's there. Marquise Brown, you have some youth. Um, being a super flex, you got Philip Rivers on the bench. Jake Fromm, kind of a toss away, but um, could do something. But I think he's a career backup, so not really a, an amazing grab there. But I think kind of looking at it, you got you got an older team. You got to be looking to win now because you're going to have to be rebuilding fairly quickly. Yeah, no, I don't mind it. I think that he'll need to. I think he ha- knowing him, I think he has a plan for what he can do in the future. Um, and it's a very competitive league. Obviously, like I said, it was sort of the high stakes, and people pay attention that are in it. Um, so on to the receivers: Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Hollywood Brown, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, scrolling down here through the bench: Josh Reynolds, Adam Humphreys, Kiki Kute, Darnell Mooney, Deshaun Jackson, Tyler Johnson. Ross Dwelly has a tight end, so I don't know why I said him. Quez Watkins, Jacoby Myers, Gabriel Davis. Uh, keeps scrolling down here. Danny Amendola, Autumn Tate. So he, his receivers are definitely the, the meat of his team, you could say, or definitely the reason why he would be competing. DJ Moore, top 12 dynasty receiver with the high end two of Amari Cooper. Some might have him as a one with Emmanuel Sanders, good one-year production. And then Hollywood Brown with that upside mixed in with Guys like Danny Amendola, you could definitely stream to Sean Jackson. So I like what he's doing here. Uh, what are you thinking on his wide receivers? Um, again, DJ Moore is is probably your best piece. Uh, Mark Cooper's just inconsistency is not really going to provide you that uh, week in week out kind of 
value, but I, I still value uh, him being on your team. I, I think with that kind of safe play of, and I think Emmanuel Sanders this year is a pretty good play uh, with both of them together, DJ Moore and Sanders going to provide a good baseline for the two risk plays that you have on the team, Marquise Brown and Amari Cooper kind of looking at the depth, uh, Kiki Huti risk play, but maybe uh, David Moore's kind of a toss away in Seattle. There's a lot of guys competing for targets, not, not just to talk about AB, but overall there's just a lot of guys uh, competing for targets there. Sean Jackson, old, uh, I don't know if I want to hang on to him at all. Um, we talked about what Adam Humphreys, Scott Tyler Johnson, who, who could be an interesting uh, growing piece for him. Did get Freddie Swain, uh, kind of just to talk about that, the reason he has David Moore. Uh, it's really good to get Swain too. Uh, just guys that are kind of competing for that um, that four spot if, if AB doesn't show up. Um, the guys that's competing for that four spot. I mean, it's interesting. It's not phenomenal. Uh, the starting guys kind of look better than what's, what's heading down on the bench. But like you said, it's clearly a really competitive league. Um, guys know what they're know what they're doing they're not taking as many risks uh they're going with kind of the base the baseline kind of players so you're not really going to find some good value down below now i don't know how the draft went i don't know how many picks he had this year and this year's draft probably not a ton um i don't know what success he had last year uh could have been good who knows um but this is a team that feels like it has to go now or never um which is never a position i like to be in Personally, when I'm running my dynasties, I want a team where I can say, yes, this team is ready, locked and loaded to go. Shit happens, and this team can go next year too. So I I don't know how I'm feeling right now about the risk play, but uh, it's interesting. I think the wide receiver position, though, could be one of his stronger sides. Yeah, absolutely. I think that probably due to the competitive nature of the league, it's hard to fully take over. You could say, I mean, it looked like the – I, if I remember right, it's a 14-team league, maybe 12. I don't remember. But I think it's definitely competitive with the guys we know that oh. are in it. So, 14, real quick, if it's 14, that would make a little bit more sense because uh, the, the depth at the top doesn't look – you know, when you're doing your dynasties, uh, even when you're kind of looking at what was happening last year, uh, these weren't really high-end dynasty first-rounders. Todd Gurley, kind of um, – Amari kind of, but DJ Moore really wasn't last year. Uh, Wentz and Mayfield were still risk plays last year. So thinking about when they had drafted, um, not really too sure when he attacked some of these players uh, drafting-wise, or maybe he just made a bunch of moves, and this is kind of what he ended up with. So, I'll, But I'll let you finish my followers. Yeah, for sure. But I think that he's definitely trying his best. I know I, we all know him, but he definitely is for sure. So that is it for our round one or yeah. our first wave of – dynasty roster grading we'll, we'll do this more if you guys want us to so like i said discord down below point yeah, down below. With a grade, Lucas. for sure oh sorry a grade for cody my <laughs> bad um i will give him due to the competitive nature of the league i'll give him a b plus because i think he can compete and he does have some moves he could definitely make with the guys on his team do we do we run over tight ends yet i don't, I don't know if we if we touched on that but i don't i don't he's he's got goddard right so he's got a kind of a future play um, I'm not really seeing any phenomenal tight end depth. Just, just real quick to finish up the last part of his yep. lineup. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's honestly just Goddard. Um, the, any, any thought on that? Just going with the one tight end. I mean, I always would like to grab two, at least, at least on the very back end of my drafts. Um, so how do you feel about that approach, real quick? Yeah, I mean, 
Goddard still like you could still play him I guess I don't know it's tough for me because I don't really know how I feel about the Eagles anyways but I think that there's definitely he could pick up a guy like Darren I don't know who else he has Darren Fells kind of I think he might have been on there uh guys that he could definitely just throw in week to week I don't think he's worried about it too much or else he would have made a move by now so I think I'm okay with it gotcha so yeah hit us with your final grade all right like I said I'm gonna give him a B plus because due to the competitive nature and how tough it would be to compete in that league or make moves in that league, I still think he can finish at least top six with the potential to make a run for it. Yeah, so I'm brutal. Uh, I'll give you a C, a 75. Um, that's corely based off of – I like to when – I, when I'm doing these grades, I look at what you're trying to do and what I would grade that process. Um, it looks like a win-now team, and it's a lot of injury plays where you're trying to hope that all these guys are in back by week 16. I think that's a risky play. I think there's still moves to be made. Like always, every single team, every single team I get handed and when people are like, check this team out, there's my teams too. Um, so I think you just make those moves. You see what you can do to, to move some pieces around. Uh, but 70, uh, just of what you're looking at for win now, guys. Um, and clearly you don't, you only have two third round picks this upcoming rookie draft from 2020. So a little risky, but uh, I think there's some moves to be made to, to re-solidify your team. Absolutely. So with that being said, Discord link down below, all our other links down below. Um, we will have our rankings dropping starting next week, our redraft rankings, our consensus. We will have more news on the draft guide starting then, too. We have set dates. We're getting that put together. A lot of stuff rolling. So go follow us on Twitter. Get the Discord link. Subscribe. Like. See you next time.